Hello and welcome to the 49th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Edner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So this week, T-Mobile was in the news. Most of the times when we hear about T-Mobile, it's usually something good, like they blew away their quarterly earnings, or they're doing really well on their network build-out, or they have some new promotion. Uh, but this week was not one of those weeks. There were two separate stories that came out. Let's start with the first one. So it appears that T-Mobile lost the personal information for up to what we're hearing now is about 48 million lines worth of data. Again? Again, right? <laughs> and it's not just any data, right? It's it's first name, last name, social security number, driver's license. And it's not just for T-Mobile customers either. It's for folks that went through the credit approval process at T-Mobile. Again? Right. Again, again, exactly. So again. so this is a pretty big breach. And, and in terms of the scale of, of some of the breaches out there, it's certainly not the biggest breach ever, but it's one of the largest breaches that certainly happened in wireless. Yeah, it's not very customer friendly, is it? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's not very customer friendly and it happened again, right? Last time they threw their credit agency under the under the bus and said, like, you know, these guys messed up. And come on, guys, get your act together, right? On, on one hand, everybody is hackable. It's a question of when, not of if, right? If, if somebody wants to break in, especially if it's supported by a nation state, they can break into anything, right? But, you know, when you have like a track record of, of like break-ins and the other ones don't, then, then you're like, what's going on here? The others are apparently able to better figure that one out and and not have their customer identification. Well, it's not again. It's not just customers. It's anybody who applied for credit, right? So yeah, and that, that's why I would point again to the whoever does credit for them. You know, either their credit agency or or their onboarding partner. And I'm like, why haven't they learned from the last time? So millions of, you know, 48 millions of people are going into credit protection programs again. And it's not fun. It, it, it's not how it's supposed to be, right? Right. So T-Mobile is going through the normal triage for this, right? So if this happened to you, if you're a T-Mobile customer, you'll get, I believe it's two years of identity threat protection for free. They are planning on notifying anybody who is impacted via text message, yeah, but thank God my my social security number is only good for two years, right? <laughs> right. It's not, right? It, it's right. like this number is out forever. Yeah, it, it's just aggravating and plainly disappointing, you know, for for a company that goes around and, and slams other companies left and right whenever they get the opportunity you know, for, for, for their missteps, I'm like, you know, this is egg, egg on the face. And I'm all in favor of slam dunking other companies as long as you have the, the, the moral high ground, you know, uh, consistently, not like 20 months in a row and then you have another break-in of half of your customer base. 
we expect more from T-Mobile and they should expect more from themselves and their partners. Right. So the Wall Street Journal article about this friend of the podcast, Drew Fitzgerald, wrote, and he said, a person who tweeted about the attack before it was made public and claimed to know the attacker described a breach that relied on lax security measures more than insider know-how or buggy code. The person said the attacker used an unprotected network gateway to reach the company's backup servers, which restored unencrypted details on customers going back to the mid-1990s. So there's a lot of no-nos there, right? I'm like, you know, this is not, not like dropping a ball. This is dropping a whole billiard ball triangle, you know, and falling promptly on your on your big toe. That's just disappointing, you know. We love you, T-Mobile, but you got to do better, right? Yeah, we expect better, right? And you should expect better from yourself. So the other story that came out that I think is a little, even a little bit juicier, I think we'll certainly have more to talk about at a later date, is that the California Public Utilities Commission issued a pretty stern statement regarding some testimony that was made prior to the Sprint merger around T-Mobile keeping the CDMA network up and running for Boost. So, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth with Boost, and this is one of the first concrete things we've heard back in terms of, you know, positions that regulators are taking relative to that accelerated shutdown. You want to talk a little bit about this? So, as we all know, Charlie Ergen is very upset that T-Mobile wants to shut down the CDMA network, right? And so he went to complaining to federal regulators and to the California PUC. He didn't get much headway in Washington, but it looks like he got headway in, in Sacramento, California. And, you know, the California PUC said, like, well... T-Mobile said they wouldn't need this and wouldn't do this. So why are they doing it now, right? That's not fair. And, you know, plans change, right? The stated rationale for shutting down the CDMA network in, on January 2022 was that that spectrum was needed for 5G, right? And, and the testimony that the California Public Utilities Commission pointed to was Neville Ray saying, basically listing out all the different kind of spectrum assets that would be, were, were necessary for 5G deployment and not pointing out the PCS spectrum that the CDMA network sits on. So they're basically saying this is more or less a material, you know, a, a misstatement or a contradiction of statements you know, made during that, that merger approval process. Yeah, so they're saying, you know, bad boy, right? Right. And there are remedies here too, right? So there's going to be another hearing on the 20th of September where T-Mobile has to come back to the table and basically say, this is what we really meant or, you know, this this is an update in terms of the situation relative to to how we see it now. But there's, there's a potential, you know, fines here up to $100,000 per infraction. Oh no, a hundred thousand dollars. Is that hundred thousand? Is that just in total, or is that, how many potential infractions are we talking about here? If it's a hundred thousand dollar per day, yes, that hurts, right? For customer, yeah, that hurts too, right? Especially like times three million, because then we suddenly are in the billions, right? 
But other than that, if it's just straight hundred thousand, uh, whoop de doo. You know, it's like that hurts you and me, and more than hurts. But a, a T-Mobile, you know, it, that's the postage account for for a store. It's not really material, and so. I think they can stop them in California from doing it. That would still be painful, right? But paper is very patient, and 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 these statements are very patient. And so it's not a good week in in Bellevue, Washington, right? Right. So I mean, like I said, we'll we'll find out more about this on the twentieth of September when they have that uh, additional hearing. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure they will say, look, you know, with the unprecedented demand and increase in in traffic, you know, plans change. We didn't anticipate this at the time, but now we 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 desperately need that spectrum. And in terms of kind of regulatory kind of authority, this isn't something where you know the merger can get unwound or anything of that sort. I mean, it's just this is basically a slap on the wrist. It's a slap on the wrist. The worst thing that California PUC can do is say, no, T-Mobile, you can't do this in California. With California being being the largest state in terms of customers, it certainly hurts. But what's California, 15% of the U.S., somewhere in that neighborhood? California PUC can't do anything in 85%, Right. So unless New York PUC or or public, I think it's a public service commission there, but same thing, right? As long as other PUCs don't do anything, they can just do it and not do it in, in California. And it still hurts Dish Boost and its customers. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and uh, check back in as there are more develop, developments. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don.